Our parsha begins with a mazel tov. Rivka Imenu had finally conceived and is now ready to give birth to a son. But strange things are happening. Rashi explains that as she walked past the shul, the base medrash, her fetus, her belly, wanted to come out. Her child wanted to, wanted to be born to go into the base medrash to start learning Torah. But then Rashi continues that she would walk past the places of idolatry, might we say the bars and the clubs perhaps. And again, she felt the child running to try to get out, to go in, to do the Avera. So she decides to go consult the Rosh Yeshiva, the head of the Yeshiva, Shem Ve'ever. She enters into the Rosh Yeshiva's office and says, I don't understand what's happening. Why is all this happening to me? Is it worth it? And then we are told of the Rosh Yeshiva's iconic answer. It's twins. There are two regimes from your insides, and they will be split from birth, and the elder will serve the younger. It's not one confused child. It is two separate children. Mazel tov, you're having twins. And now Rivka is calmed or assuaged. Now on a side point, the Bali Musar want to know, why was this a reason that calmed down Rivka? After all, she was just told that you're going to have a kid who's going to be righteous, and that's good news, but one of them is going to be Asaf, how Russia, one of them is going to be a totally wicked person. I saw Revolba and Revolchanan both explain that a harsh truth is that it's better to have one total, complete, righteous kid or deed or action better than to have a mixed-up, middle-of-the-road, half-tzaddik, half-Russia-type action or kid, which is its own lesson in itself. And now to address a point about the question, Velia Baruch Finkel wants to know why Rivka didn't entertain the possibility that maybe it was one kid, and it was totally righteous, and every time that she passed a shul or a base medrash, that's why the child wanted to come out. And every time that she passed the avodazara, the places of immorality and idolatrous ways, the kid wanted to come out to make a protest, to make a macha, to go shout them down and say, Rabosai, do tshuva. Perhaps we see from here what a Torah scholar's role should be in a public protest, in a macha. Rivka didn't entertain such a possibility, so perhaps a Torah scholar's role is to not be involved in the protest. Be it as it may, there's a famous question that the base Halevi asks on our Rashi. We said that every single time that she passed a place of Torah study, the baby wanted to come out. But the Gemara in Nida, Daflamid Amid Beis, tells us that a malach, an angel, would come to every fetus inside its mother's belly and would be taught kol hatayra kula. So why would Yaakov Avinu want to leave? To go out and to learn in the shul, what could be better than being taught all of Torah from the mouth of an angel? A famous question. And in one approach, the Beis HaLevi suggests that even though all of Torah was being taught to Yaakov, but to still be in the same confines, in such close proximity with a Russia, it still isn't worth it. Such a bad chavrusa could have such a bad effect. But the Beis HaLevi's second answer is what I want to focus on today. 
answers the Beis HaLevi. Yaakov Avinu wanted to escape the womb of his mother, even though he was learning Kol HaTorah Kula with an angel, because he wanted to start getting to work and being Amal Batorah. He wanted not to learn with an angel, but to sit and to harbor and to be involved in and to work with toil to understand God's Torah. He didn't want to be spoon-fed the information or download it somehow. He wanted to be Amal, and that's why he wanted out. And when I saw this answer, it brought to mind one specific occasion when I was speaking with my Rosh Hashiva, the Holy Reb Stein, about a particular question, and we came across the topic of Amelos Batayra, toiling in Hashem's Torah. And I remember he banged his hand down upon the desk and he started to shout, it's a misunderstood topic. Amelos. People think that it means pain. It means toil. It means that if I have a headache, I should go and learn Torah now because that's Amelos. That's what it means to toil. That's not what it means, he said. To study Hashem's Torah with Amelos means one thing and one thing only, to be in it to be involved in, for it to be real to you. I can still recall him saying over and over, to be in it. I recall that I couldn't escape, and he kept saying it over and over. Amelos Patera means for it to be real, for you to be in it. It doesn't mean pain. There is so much Torah literature about the idea of Amelos Patera. We know that Derech Hashem in the fourth chapter describes how if you want to open up the blessings from heaven, we need Torah. We need Amelos Torah. A person should delve and toil in Torah. We say every morning that Talmud Torah is Keneged Kulam. You can do all of the mitzvot, and that still will pale in comparison to learning Hashem's Torah. And here we see the right way to do it. In our Torah study, it's not our job, and it's not the way to do it, to have somebody spoon-feed it to you, but to be involved and to be growing through it, to be fighting, to understand, to be involved in it. That's what it means to be real to you. I once heard the Ali Shor's grandson describe how, how do you know the barometer if someone is a Ben Tyra? And Revolva said that it's when he dreams and learning. And I thought, that's crazy to dream and learning such a high level. But really, when you think about it, if somebody's involved in playing sports the whole day, it's not far out to say that he might dream about sports. If Amelus Batyra just means for it to be real to us, well then, yes, it's not so unlikely that we may actually one time dream about a certain Gemara or Pasuk or Devar Torah we heard. But over and over he kept saying, Amelos Batayra doesn't mean toil, it means to be in it, for it to be real. In fact, this idea is the answer to so many of our issues in life. The Gemara in Kedushin Daf Lamed Amad Beis says the following, Tanu Rabbonon. We say in Kareishma, and I will place, or you shall place, these words upon your heart. The Gemara learns out, Visamtem is a mashup of two words, Sam and Tum, medicine that is wholesome. What does that mean? Continues the Gemara, Nimshala Tyra Kesam Chaim. Tyre is compared to the medicine of life. This is a parable to a father who strikes his son and gives him a wound. But he gives him a band-aid and says, place this band-aid upon the wound. And the father continues, and my son, as long as you have this wound, but you keep this band-aid on it, well, then eat what you want and drink what you want. Take 
from the physical pleasures, a hot shower, a cold shower, as long as you keep the band-aid on the wound, all will be fine. Continues the Gemara, the bandage in our parable is Tyra. And Rashi here describes what does it mean, Tyra v'im ata rotzeh, and if you want to overcome the Yetzahara, it doesn't just mean learning Torah, it means osteik ba Torah, to be involved in Tyra. The bandage to protect ourselves from the Yetzahara and solve so many of our problems, to open up the funnels of blessing from the heavens, for Torah study to be real to us. And the Gemara concludes with those famous words, Barasi Yetzer Hara, that God has created us with this, so to speak, infection, with this wound, having an evil inclination inside of us. Ubarasi like Tyra Tavlin, but I have given you the medicine. It is Tyra. And Tyra means for it to be real, for us to be involved in it. This Vart really could be a relief. We don't need to be painting ourselves and learning, but it must be real to us. It must hold value and carry weight. And furthermore, the Gemara in Shabbos tells us that we will be asked questions after we pass from this world, and one of them will be, did you set up time for learning Torah? Kavata itim la Torah. Did you have set up Torah partners? Did you go to Shiurim? Did you schedule them into your calendar? And Rabbi Rucham explains that keva here means that it should be set up in your schedule, but it should be keva. It should be set. It should be real. It should be important. If you want more bracha in your life, then learn more Torah. If you want to save yourself from the problems in life and heal yourself from sins that come about from the Yetzirah, then learn more Torah. But there's a stipulation, but there's a little tenai here that we must remember. And that is that it cannot be Lip service Torah, showing up to Dafyomi Torah, one ear open to the rabbi's sermon type Torah. It needs to be with Amelus. It needs to be in it. It needs to be real. It needs to be an Osek. Yaakov Avinu wanted out of his mother's womb to go start learning Torah with Amelus. He didn't want it to be taught to him. He wanted to go through the sugyas and be involved in the learning, figuring it out for himself. And legend has it that even 300 years ago, when the Vilna Gon was offered an angel to teach him Torah, he said, no, thank you. I want to have the Amelus. I want to do it myself. And I want to fight to understand what God's Torah means. At a practical level, we can speculate a couple different pieces of advice that may work to help us make our Torah more real. By the rabbi's drushes, when you're hearing someone talk Torah, a devoured Torah, open up your ears to them. Be involved in do I agree with the, what the Rav is saying? Do I understand the proofs that he's making? Check up the sources and fight back and be real about it. If a person only has an hour to learn Dafyaimi, well then be as fully present as possible and his phone should be turned off so that he can make his learning as keva and as real as possible. He can be in it. And as parents and specifically a mother, how important is it that we make sure that our children are in on the Torah, that love to learn Torah, for it to become real to them? The study of Torah solves so many of our life's problems. We need to make sure that it's not lip service. It's not with one eye open or one ear open, but we are in it and it's real.